know which direction to go. And so I really had to take about, you know, several months after that to not only look for other jobs, but consider change careers. Should I be in real estate? Should I be a teacher? Like, what do I do? Now, I'm saying all that just to kind of reveal that, you know, even people that, you know, in well-established careers can have a point in time where they have to decide, are they on the right path? Did I do the right thing? Do I completely change it up? You know, what do we do? Failure may be inevitable, but there are scientific values behind it. We've got to learn how to fail faster so we can learn smarter. Join me and let's uncover the hack behind failures. In these episodes, we'll get inside the minds of the successful, discuss the failures they've had in the past, and analyze what made them tick. So we all learn from it. Welcome to Set to Fail podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Indolos. What's going on, everybody? This is Joseph. You're listening to Set to Fail podcast, where we analyze all sorts of, you know, failures, pain points, turning adversity into opportunities. We help enable aspiring entrepreneurs and professionals embrace failing forward and then they can execute smarter um, on a day-to-day basis. So it's a great pleasure for me. Uh, I'm very honored to have uh, one of the, uh, you know, the leading uh, professionals in the B2B and media um, uh, demand generation industry. Uh, I have here Kevin Flint, uh, who is the current founder of KF Marketing Consulting. Um, and he also held roles um, in Just Global, uh, and the most recent one was um, Senior Vice President Account Management. Uh, welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you, Joseph. I uh, appreciate Bob, you having me. Very excited to have you on the show. It, it's really, you know, I, I, I do believe um, all, all of the insights you'll be providing will provide a lot of value to our, our listeners. Uh, so, you know, in terms of um, maybe let's start by a uh, quick background uh, overview of what your what your business is doing, and then also uh, some of the uh, let's say the the pitch, the value proposition, high level overview of, of uh, KF Consulting. Sure. Well, uh, thank you. So, Kevin Flint, and um, I'm based here in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, USA. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a, a B2B marketing consultant. Um, I've been working in the business-to-business media and marketing space for about 18 years, um, and have recently branched out to uh, form my own consulting practice, leaving the agency world. And really, to boil it down, what I do is I offer strategic services to B2B agencies, clients, and vendors and solution providers in different ways really to help them better um, position themselves and relate to each other to build better partnerships. Um, and I can go so, certainly into the weeds, but really it's all about understanding how to appeal to each other and really elevate their value proposition so that um, you know great thinkers and great solutions across the can better connect with each other. So it's a really exciting uh, space to be in and, and something that really um, allows me to, to, to follow my passions and, and utilize the experience that I've gained over my career. Awesome. Uh, that's great. And I agree 100%. Uh, B2B um, 
industry is ever growing. Uh, a lot of innovations happening. A lot of Martech, <laughs> you know, is popping up every year. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, uh, sky's the limit. I would say. So yeah, I, I sort of fell into this, uh, and we'll talk a little bit. Fell into this industry almost uh, unintentionally, but as it turned out, it was uh, a great blessing because it's been such a fast-growing market for the past twenty years. So uh, sometimes yeah. the things you don't plan on are some of the best things that happen to you. Yeah, like uh, I'm sorry, just a quick segue, right? You know. Mm -hmm. 10 years or more ago, everything is like doing Excel sheets and all and <laughs> calling on uh, names in, in Excel sheets. And right now, you know, we have HubSpot. We have, you know, yep. uh, you know a lot of these uh, pipe drive and, and all of the technologies. So it will be great for, you know, organizations to also um, capture uh, your insights about, uh some of you know the tools that be uh, that you can recommend so uh to our listeners uh you can easily reach out to kevin uh and i'll you know we'll to the description but uh you know pedaling back a little bit mm -hmm. um, i learned uh from from you that you kind of got got fired from the first job in your professional career so i remember mm -hmm. at some point personally i was also retrenched in my early days back in 2009 recession mm -hmm. i realized how painful it was so for the benefit of our listeners you know if you can share what what were you know the the challenges before and you know the key takeaways you learned from from that experience yeah, absolutely and you know i think the the theme of your podcast is actually a great thing it's why i was excited to do this and you know when you get to um a certain point in your I think it's not only helpful to reflect back, but also helpful to others to openly share some of these stories and not kind of um, uh, sweep it under the rug. And, you know, with going right now, I know there's going to be some folks that are nervous about starting their careers and, and may face some similar situations. So, so yeah, when I first, um, you know, going back to my, my origin story here, um, you know, I went to a university here in the U.S., um, the, the best university for advertising in the country or the world who you talk to, and um, was really set on approaching a career in advertising. And, um, you know, I moved out to, to California, upstate New York, where I was, and was really ready to take on the world in that space. And, you know, very quickly, you know, in the first three months of my first job in this industry, and a straight A student, having always been successful, I suddenly experienced failure for the first time. Um, you know, and there's plenty of reasons behind that, but essentially, I the professional world and in a place where you know there, there wasn't really a lot of organized training mm -hmm. you were expected to come in and ask the person that and that person oh. had been work that person had been working for about four days more than i had and you know really you know what i didn't realize at the time or didn't appreciate was that i had to be very very resourceful i had to be going around and just pestering people for help and asking them what to do and really just making sure i made some I don't know what I'm doing yet. You haven't you haven't shown me what to do. But instead, I kind of just kept my head down, kept quiet, and I found things to do, because to um, I didn't want to ask the questions that would you know suggest I didn't know what I was doing, right. or I felt that it was a sign of weakness because I'd always been again a good, student. I was always very confident and capable, and so I just thought eventually the answers would just be revealed to me, 
that mm-hmm. someone would pull me aside and show me some things that I just kind of floundered. And, and after, th- you know, three months, kind of a, probos- a probationary, um, you know, hiring period for a junior employee, I got called into you know, the boss's room and was told, Hey, you know, um, you know we're going to have to let you go. And that was really the first time I experienced failure in my life oh, outside my. of, outside of sports. Um, in sports, everybody faces failure unless you're Tom Brady or Michael Jordan. But mm-hmm. I, I suddenly faced failure, and you know, I, I recall the CEO who who gave me this this news. He told me, you know, maybe maybe this industry isn't for you, um, which I think was kind of a throwaway a throwaway line for him. But to me, it, it caused me to to stop and think: like, Am I doing the right thing? Because right. here I here I was a you know highly educated person been successful with everything that I'd done academically. Um, I moved 3,000 miles to California. All of my family and friends knew what I was doing. Already the whole thing. And then within three months, here I am facing failure. Not only that, but I was uh, recently engaged a week before and had spent every dollar I had on an engagement ring. So oh I'm living with my fiance's parents. And so, you know, here I am suddenly facing a, a bit of a crisis, which is, I have now failed. I have failed in a way that is visible and um, you know well known to many people that I care about. I'm a little embarrassed, and I know which direction to go. And so I really had to take about you know several months after that to not only look for other jobs, but consider change careers. Should I be in real estate? Should I be a teacher? Like, what do I do? Now I'm saying all that just to kind of reveal that you know even people that you know, when well-established careers can have a point in time where they have to decide, are they on the right path? Do I do the right thing? Do I completely change it up? You know, what do we do? Now, if I fast forward 14 years for a little bit, and then we can go back. I was, you know, having become established in this industry, advertising actually, and working for an agency for a while, um, mm-hmm. I went to a local um, industry awards event in go for the advertising community and there was an award to be presented for essentially um agency executive of the year or leader of the year it's kind of like a you know most valuable player and that's it's voting your peers and i was nominated for that which was a great honor and the presenter of the award the person that stands up introduces the award was ceo that had oh wow This is totally true. It's it's and, and look, I have no ill will towards him or that company, right? It just it was not working. But yeah. um, he then presents the nominees, and they call my name, and I went and accepted the award. And I just for a moment thought about that full circle moment, which was, you know, I failed. Uh, the person that suggested maybe I shift gears fourteen years later is handing me an award that validates that I had. And that my career had blossomed and, and, and done very well. And I just felt like these, the, the sense of uh, satisfaction in that was great because, you know, I stuck with it and it actually put me on the right path. And so right. sometimes these moments of failure not only are teaching moments, but it can actually redirect you because I would not be in the specific type of the industry that I'm in if I had stayed the course from that first job. I wouldn't have really embraced B2B marketing. I probably been in a different path and so um so anyway that initial that initial firing and i do call it that because uh, let's not dance around it i was told 
come in tomorrow. Um, it actually was a great moment for me early in my career to assess, you know, how I was going to approach things and to learn and then course correct. I, I, lo- I love that. I, I love the redirection and, and to think about it now, you know, he, he did you, he, he did a favor for you by, you know, uh, pointing you to the right direction. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know. and honestly, a bit of, not a bit of a wake up call, a real wake up call, because I think there's something to be said for if really experienced a, a failure and a, and a moment of self-doubt like that, right. it can be alarming the first time. And I needed somebody that was brilliant or to tell me I was going to be the star yeah. student or tell me that I was, you know, that everything was going to happen for me. Cause I've been given a lot of positive reinforcement when I was, you know, growing up. and that's one, but I think it's important sometimes to have somebody go, Hey, you're not, you're not cutting it. You're not doing a good enough job. Then the question is, how do you respond? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you blossom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Um, and after that, you almost got laid off from your second job as well, uh, which is, you know, um, can you share what you, what you did to prevent that from happening and what you did, you know, learn? Yeah. So, so again, you know, these moments of, of potential uh, crisis early in a career, right? Um, you know, fired from the first job and then what happened? Work out. What happened was I had... Um, found a job uh with a a publishing company you know magazine technology space and i was working um for the team that sold advertising so adjacent to what i was doing on the agency the other side of the table and it was a wonderful place with very very smart people but the business was changing in 2005 and so the magazines were starting to dry up as print advertising was declining in the US and the online advertising was taking off. And so my job primarily was helping with and what they had decided as a company was they were going to um, lay off all of the junior level support staff in the advertising that magazine. And I was on that list. What happened was I had shown some initiative in, in some ability and some desire to do Things that weren't at that time in my job description, um, helping out with the online advertising suggestions and things I could do there, just essentially showing that I was a flexible and adaptable person. And um, a manager of mine literally wrote my name onto the org chart um, in the middle of a reorg and said, and I, I actually saw my name not wow. printed out nicely on the org chart. It was written almost in crayon because somebody <laughs> said, no, 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 we forgot Kevin. And so I my job saved and i moved over into the online advertising which was very small and had like two people in it and i helped them do things again that weren't i helped them establish many of the procedures and things that they were going to do from then on to properly run an online advertising department not because i had 20 years of experience doing things and the ability to learn and to ask questions and to say hey let's let's do this let's do that and it kept me around so i could then learn from some people in the sales and marketing space that I got to learn from for the next four or five years that set me on the path that I'm on now. And I still engage with many of those. There was a moment there where if I hadn't had um, found a way to uh, show my ability outside of what the job is that I had, I would have also boxed out the door. And at that point, that would have been, you know, two strikes against me in this career. And I probably, you know, may have changed gears, but, um, you know, I learned that 
important always to find ways to add value and to um, show some curiosity and don't just do the exact job that you've been assigned and, and, and yeah. never do anything if you're looking for the opportunities to be there for you. Going the extra mile. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just because you want to, you know, and I know there's a whole trend right now about quiet quitting, which I, I, to me, it's so, so self-limiting, but it's not just do extra work and, you know, and, and, and give the, give the boss extra value. It show the ability both to do more things because that will then present you with opportunities in your career growth, but also to learn new things. Um, yeah. People that only do what is asked, they're, they're, they're actually turning off opportunities to learn or the ability to be presented with opportunities because until you see someone do something, you may not. Right. Totally. I, I agree on hundred percent. And, you know, knowing, you know, like reflecting to all of this, what what do you wish you could have done differently that could have changed the trajectory? Well, I mean, because of how things have turned out, you know, if you believe in the, the laws of time travel, I wouldn't go back and change anything because it's all turned out okay. But, you know, if I'm advising, you can't anticipate where they're going to end up. So I would say, you know, um, if I could go back and if I didn't know how it was going to turn out in that first role, People ask a lot of questions. Be a pest if you're new. Um, right. it, it, I always am concerned when people that I hire that are younger don't ask a lot of questions, that they just don't know what they're doing and they're just being quiet to hide it. Um, you know, and when you ask the right questions, it actually reveals how much you know. And it also reveals a curiosity. Um, I had a, a CEO that would be, um, uh, he'd be very uh, unhappy if he had a room full of people in a meeting and nobody asked a question. Uh, mm -hmm. He was very in that because questions is, is, is what shows your curiosity and your passion. So, you know, raise your hand, ask for help, ask how you can help. Don't feel like you need to um, you know, stay and, and wait to be asked what to do uh, and show some initiative. And I know that is, again, it's almost against the trend right now, initiative, but there's a way to do it in proper balance where um, it is because you want to get additional opportunities and you want to be um, more highly you know, there are times in this world where there's opportunities, but there's more people than there are opportunities. And so you have to be able to position yourself in such a way that you're going to get uh, first first take at that. And um, you know, really, it always starts with uh, seeking out help, asking for it early, validation and confirmation that what you're doing is, is, is good, asking for coaching, and, and don't let self-pride or, um, you know, over-self-confidence being a little bit vulnerable yeah. and showing that you want to have some coaching yes and you know sometimes even the dumbest questions will lead to you know a pr profound learning so i agree like you know your style being a people manager for a long time you know how do you how do you design or how do you orchestrate the career growth of your team and you know from a failure and learning point of view how do you uh help your teams uh to success drive them to success well it's it's an interesting question because it's definitely something that um i have learned and evolved a lot and continue to although in my role right now i don't manage anybody i've just you know i did manage several people for quite a while and i think became fairly effective at it in my own way um i come from the school and I 
office was after I realized I was already doing it uh, of servant leadership, which mm-hmm. is the idea that if I boil it down, you can look up servant leadership and there's all sorts of academic uh, papers and, and, and institutes and things like that. But essentially, it's the idea that you are in a position of leadership to first empower and enable the people that work. To go out and do what they have to accomplish, to have the right resources and skills and support before you focus on your own agenda. And that then waterfalls the organization. And so, you know, my day, the first many, many hours of my day would be focused on making sure my team had my attention and my support. And then, you know, in the later afternoon, sometimes on nights and weekends, I get around and doing my own thing sometimes. And, and that's a sacrifice you make. But my first priority was, is my team thriving is my team set for success i also believe you hire people that are smarter than you in different areas right um which is kind of a glib thing to say sometimes true that the the best teams are a collection of people that individually have some expertise that no one person has um collectively and so uh, you know i wanted to hire people that could someday be my own boss like and if they pass mm-hmm. me i'll high five them and i'll report into them and hopefully they'll appreciate me and that was my attitude I want the best, wow. not, not to be threatened by that, which some people are. They can be intimidated and say, well, no, I want to keep this position. I yes. always felt like if I was confident enough in myself, I would find a way to stay relevant and stay valuable no matter what anybody else was doing, even if they were, you know, someday were to, you know, uh, run past me and become the CEO or something. Um, and I believe that to do that, you set up people to be learning all. I think when you stop learning, there's a problem. So I wanted people in their roles to always be, you know, challenged a bit and learning a new skill or having to face something that is a bit uncomfortable because it gives them a chance to learn. I believe that the comfort zone is a trap. I think if you're doing the things you know how to do well and you're just doing them over and over again, you can get stagnant. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also get underappreciated. You can get underpaid self-dissatisfied. And so I think that, you know, people need to be, you know, stretching themselves and trying some things that are outside their current skill set. And I don't think that means you need to go around jumping jobs either. I don't think that's, that's frankly healthy either. If you're in a company, if you're in a company or part of a company, healthy amount of growth, there should be some growth opportunities happening from within. And so to me, the first thing is to identify how you can yourself or enable your team to be learning and growing and having opportunity open up within the company. And if you can't get it from within, then of course you can look externally and sometimes you have to. Um, but it's really about not settling into that comfort zone. Uh, and also I think, you know, sure that you're analyzing, am I still learning? What am I learning? Um, is this helping me get to a future path? I've often told people that the first question you want to ask yourself sometimes the goal setting is, do you want your boss's job? If the answer is no, then you have to think about what is the path I'm on and maybe path I need to help design. Mm-hmm. Um, because the natural progression of things is always going to be vertical. And you're going to move into the manager's job and then the manager moves up to the At some point, you reach a point where either you're incompetent for that job or unhappy, or maybe you thrive. But always think about for yourself individually, want to have the role that I see in front of me. And if not, have honest conversations with your manager, with your peers, with a coach, whatever about, is there some 
that I should be aiming towards and how do we build a plan towards that? And I think that is, you know, these types of conversation to happen versus just, I want to get a promotion. I want to get yeah. um, a little more money. I want to get, uh, I'll go to the new company to find, you know, to get that for me. Cause a lot of times you're not really addressing the actual core need, which is there's something to be doing that I'm not. There's something I want to be learning that I just simply can't hear or some combination of all those things. And then of course, also there's, you know, the appropriate money and there has to be in career growth. I believe it all has to be based on what are you learning right now? Mm -hmm. What do you want to learn? And then what is the opportunity that presents us that knowledge you can gain? Yep. And it's okay. I mean, it's okay not to be a manager. Um, you know, maybe you're good, uh, you know, you're good at closing deals and, you know, you're in a lot of money, you manage accounts. So it's, it's really, you know, uh, trying to find uh trying to see uh what is what your future looks like based on the people or the peers uh that you're currently working yeah that and that's a great point that i can elaborate on a little bit because there's always this sort of sense that everyone has to be going as high up as they can get into yeah. <laughs> management things like that and that's true um i know of a couple people in my life that you know are you know brilliant engineers or very technical right. and they have actually declined opportunities to be in management because it wasn't fit for them. They didn't want to do that. They want to build, they want to create uh, and a, a movement here where a lot of people are choosing not to join corporations. They're working as creators and doing online mm -hmm. things. And, you know, that you have to think about what do you actually want and what does, what does growth look like for you? What are your goals? Um, I, I do think, again, these are trends and you know, impact these trends. If we do go into a real recession, people might reassess and start to be a little more aggressive with their career goals. But, you know, I think a lot of people careers right now are trying to really limit um, what they're going to do because, well, I want to keep work-life balance and all those kind of things. And that's important. Mm -hmm. but, but I think that folks can actually get too restrictive in what their aspirations are. I have at various points in my career been nervous about the next step. Oh, that job looks too hard. It looks way too scary. Um, they've got clients yelling at them or there's, <clears throat> they have to deal with people that are, you know, uh, asking them for raises and all this drama. And eventually over time, if you do end up wanting into management, you do acquire the skills and the resources to learn how to do it easy, but it is there. For you. But I just think it's important for people to always be thinking about for their own goal setting. What do they actually want to do? And, and, and what is it going to do to get there? And what help do I need to go uh, enlist to do that? And if you yourself thinking, wow, I'm just getting really good scores all the time, then mm -hmm. it's probably an indication that you should be trying to stretch into something a little bit more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that will often. Totally. Yep. So in terms of the, your, your company, KF Marketing uh, Consulting, um, in, in terms of, you know, some of the, you know, the current organization challenges that you work with, uh, do you help clients focus more on specific, uh, you know, areas? So, for example, like said brand awareness, digital marketing, data-driven, um, mm -hmm. Maybe you can, if you can elaborate further about some of the value. Yeah, yeah. 
I am, I'm actually, um, you know, it's always, I always believe you either uh, need to be, you know, big or be niche, right? And um, I'm niche. And so I'm not, uh, A, I'm not creating like a, a, a media and marketing agency. Um, I've just come from one that I really respect and I'm not looking same services. So what I'm doing is more um, a few different areas. One, I can offer education and training on B2B marketing and to clients and agencies, helping them to learn how to be more effective in this. Not because I'm going to do it all for them, uh, like as a retained actor, but because there's points in time when you need to have a learned expert come in and right. do training workshops and talk about what's new and, and or so I can do that. Um, I will also help, um, you know, B2B vendors and solutions providers, you know, MarTech, AdTech, um, when they are trying to understand how to better position themselves and what they do to appeal to clients and agencies. Because I've been, a, right, I've been mm -hmm. a decision maker on that side. And so I will work with, with vendors to kind of go through their pitch, go through their positioning, go through the mark, go to market strategy okay, maybe you've got this really well defined for one of your target audiences, but perhaps it's not resonating with agency people like me, like our was. And so I can help them with that. Um, or it's about, you know, clients trying to find the right agency, right? I can, I can help with that and going through that process, identifying potential partners, screening them. Mm -hmm. I really have spent a lot of my career looking at all the options that are out there for a marketer and then making presentations. Uh, on what you should do and where you should spend your money. And I'm continuing to do that. I'm just doing it from a slightly different position where, um, you know, I'm helping getting these direction so that they can build better connections with each other. Um, like I said, it's kind of, I'm kind of a relationship guru in a way. I mm -hmm. want the best agencies, clients, and the best vendors to find each other and improve how they communicate with each other so that they can do the best work. Um, and so, you know, I'm not somebody who comes in and I'm going to work for you know six months i'm probably going to come in and we're going to spend you know maybe uh you know one to three months in different ways maybe in an afternoon mm -hmm. provide value and help them you know essentially pick my brain and be a focus group of one and all those sorts of things but it's really about you know identifying the right partners and um, companies find the right uh, customers and the right partnerships as well um and so it's been very fun so far and it's been great to get out into the community and and offer this and, and meet with companies in this capacity um, to really, you know, help them uh, refresh what they're doing and, and really rethink sometime how they're doing things. So it's, it's very strategic in nature and a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, yeah. In, in terms of education, uh, I've been personally, I've been watching a lot of, you know, the content of think media. So it's really about, you know, trying to uh, create a lot of, education content uh as well as uh you know try not to hard sell or something so that, mm -hmm. that's the reason why i was i was doing this podcast as well is you know really before asking for anything <laughs> try, try to provide value first and then you know eventually uh you'll you know expand cast a wider net of your network and then you know uh folks will start trusting and you know building yeah. confidence i a very um, uh, smart mentor of mine, actually former manager of mine that I like a lot, used mm -hmm. to say, you, you lead with intelligence to create demand. Now, that's very mar 
but it basically means, you know, have a smart idea or offer value that is going to then entice your potential customer with you or buy from you. So, you know, you don't call it sales. You don't say you go pitch anything. It's, you know, let me, let me bring my brain to the table. Right. My ideas, you're going to ask me how I can work with you. And that's, I think the key in the, information economy that we're in the professional services kind of space it what we have is in our brain sometimes there's technology sometimes there's algorithms but you know for mm -hmm. me it's, it's all about what's going to be inside of my head and so i need to be able to find that in a way that gets a customer to say i actually want to pay you to spend more time talking to you and getting your ideas right um that means having to you know go out there and, and share some of that stuff um you know, publicize it, put, you know, do videos and podcasts and things like that to, to get, want to actually work with you. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a very exciting time to be in this space because there's a lot, actually a lot of content and value you can get for free out there. Right. But then when you go super deep and customize it, well, you've already identified who you want to work with. And that's kind of a, a great thing about, um, you know, the way I think this, this market is running. It's, it's all about establishing relationships with thought leaders and then, you know, Based on that, you build a relationship and you go. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not just the sellers, but also, you know, really the behavior of the buyers are, are changing on how yes. they engage. So I think you, to your point, it's, it's, it's our job as well to, you know, uh, uh, serve that, uh, uh, that change as well uh, and, you know, uh, try to tailor fit our our messaging to, to the folks. So yes, um, I, I do believe you, uh, you provide a lot of value and, you know, a lot of these insights can help our listeners as well as, you know, uh, people that are starting their businesses and also, um, you know, folks that are just starting to lead their teams to success uh, for the benefit of the listeners. Where, where can they find you? Do you have a website or, um, you know, so, email address or are you in social sure so um i'm about uh, six weeks into my business best way to find me uh on linkedin you can find me at uh, linkedin.com uh the slash in slash kevin uh dash marketing um or you know my name kevin flint usually pops up uh, uh and then email kevin dot d as in dot flint f-l-i-n-t com um and you know if you if you send me an inquiry there happy to have a conversation have a consultation and see you know how i might be able to uh, help you out um i might soon be on tiktok i'm gonna figure that part out if i can start learning a dance or something oh. i might be able to uh, do tiktok <laughs> and, and perhaps i'll even go build a website but for now it's been great just uh honestly linkedin's been the biggest tool for me so um i'm gonna continue to build that out and uh learn from there Awesome. And, and to our listeners, we'll include the links to the description so you can easily inquire directly to Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. It's really fun as well as, you know, uh, highly educational for me. I, I'm, I'm also learning from you. So thank you so much for your time. I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time today. Thanks for having me, Joseph. Have a great day, everyone. And there you have it. 
We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot in this episode. And if you did, please subscribe to YouTube, hit the notification bell, leave us a comment, also reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcast. This would really help the show to continue creating more and more insightful content for us to learn together. Thank you very much. Have a great day.